0: You just need to not die and not infect others. <laughs> and it's just this, it's just the fact that all we're doing is telling you to stay at home and watch TV. Hey guys, welcome back to Mad Ones. This is episode 16 and we have a special guest with us. Hello
1: everyone, it is me, Alfie Friedman, also known as the promoter of Santa um, or de- or the, the devil. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I just do TikTok. Um, how are you guys doing today on this wonderful, wonderful quarantine?
2: We're doing pretty good. We're doing all right. Uh, So do you want to tell them a little bit about what you do today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm unfortunately known as a TikTok influencer. Uh, Basically, I started about 16, 17 days ago. Uh, I wanted to be a bit more proactive around the house, and I noticed there were a lot of uh, lonely people around the world during these troubling times. And I thought, you know, it's not good to make fun of the situation, but it's uh, it's good to bring levity and attention to what people can do within the confines of their own house uh, during this uh, crisis. So uh, I've made videos every day just uh, documenting very strange uh, lifestyle events of mine.
2: <laughs> like, funnily enough, we didn't plan this, but episode 16 of this podcast and your episode 16 in your series somehow yeah. lined up and just before we started this call so the, we're on a group call right now and the title of the meeting said episode 16 with Alfie and before we started recording you mentioned that you thought we were going to talk about the 16th episode of your series yeah, for half an
1: I, I, hour. I, yeah, I was, a little, I, was, I was about to go like, you know, I appreciate how, um, you, know, you know, how objectively you look at my videos and think they're fantastic, but, you know, I don't know how we would talk about a 40-second clip for about uh, half an hour. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot to dissect and analyse, but I feel like there should be a, a bit more, a bit more content.
2: Yeah, so no, it just, it just happened to line up, and the, th- the episode 16 we were referring to was this that we're recording now, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's just funny how that lines up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I downloaded TikTok for the first time when quarantine started around about. Um, what about you guys? Did you have the app before then, or was it just? I'll
1: uh, I'll let I'll let Red speak uh, before me, just because I'd like to hear what he has to say. I like so to I've had voice. T-
0: so I've had TikTok for about I think three months now, maybe less oh, than that. Um, I started making my TikToks. They're not as big as um Alvi's here. But um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. I feel like it's just a good way to like relieve not just stress but like relieve boredom. What were you, Alfie? Mm. What do you think about the whole?
1: TikTok? Yeah, I I think uh, TikTok's still very new. And I know back in 2018, I I had the app and I was making little uh, private videos to put on my Snapchat story. But I never did anything publicly, so I don't consider myself as having been on the app since 2018. Um, uh, this new account I have, which is just Alfie Friedman, I, I've literally had it for 17, 18 days. Uh, and uh, I've uploaded about seventeen videos, maybe eighteen if you include little reactions and you know POV's where I'm taking the Mickey in between my uploads. But uh, I, I generally just joined because uh, not out of boredom, but I, I did see this opportunity to show uh, a display of of editing. Uh, I, I do writing and and filmmaking outside of. Uh, TikTok, obviously, you know, I did that in college. I did that uh, just for fun as well for uh, things like the Into Film Festival. And I I just thought when you're stuck in the confines of of your house and you're hearing about all these people, whether they have mental health issues, they're elderly, they're medically compromised, who are genuinely grieving about being isolated, whether it's with their family or just by themselves, it's nice to give people this sense of optimism that when stuck in one isolated area, they can do a lot. And I've got to tell you, even though they're 40 to 50 seconds each of my videos, um, I have to work on them for about two hours. Not because they're that difficult to make, uh, in fact the, the, the length of time it takes to make, to make them generally consists of me being lazy, but in terms of me sitting down and recording and running around the house, editing it together, involving my family. Um, Even yesterday, I I made a cake. I don't really get to spend that much time with my family. So I'm just showing people with my TikToks that I think there's an opportunity to be more connected and also make the most out of um, what it means to be proactive during these troubling times. So I think that's why I joined, I just saw an opportunity.
2: I can uh, support the editing point. So before we did podcasts, I used to edit videos. And what do you use? I use Premiere Pro most of the time.
1: Uh yeah, uh, no, yeah that's a good program. I use Sony Vegas. Um okay, I, w- yeah, I was a- I w- I, was origin- I used iMovie for the first one and that kind of kickstarted everything obviously, yeah. but uh then I just realized, hey wait, I have a better program on here and I'm stupid. So yeah. I looked at a tutorial, uh, learned how to use that. Um usually for my film editing and things I'd be using things like uh, um you know, Adobe After Effects and and Pro yeah, and things yeah. obviously, but uh Sony Vegas kind of allowed me to encapsulate that classic kind of YouTube poop format from like the 2005-2006s. So um, it's a good middle ground, essentially. Yeah, it's between. like it's, it's not too overly like manufactured, but simultaneously it's enough where I can implement pace into what I'm doing. And I think that's very important with these kind of short one minute videos, because the real question is and the real challenge for me. And I think that was actually my main attraction to TikTok. There was a challenge presented to me, which was um, how do you turn an entire day into something within uh, the confines of a one minute video? Which simultaneously you can make entertaining and for all demographics, keep appropriate and just overall make a little bit of a series. and I think I've done it quite well, not in like a, a, a you know, egotistical way, I'm not like "I am God for my corona series." no, but like I, I think've I've done something which I can continually make every day and I could plow out and I can both entertain other people and entertain myself with it as well.
0: No I'd agree. I'd say that your series is pretty-sick. Um, Thank you. there's a question I have about your series though. Um, yeah. In every episode you start off by saying Thirstly, but <laughs> you, spell it, you start it with a T H TH instead of an F. Is there yeah. like, is there a story behind that? Is there a reason why you do that?
1: Um, there, okay. Believe it or not, there is. You're about to get an Alfie Friedman scoop, Alfie Friedman law. So, um, when I was about uh 12 years old, I used to go to a school called, um, Fairley House. Right. Um, and uh, one of the uh, one of my closest friends at the time, let's just call him um, let's just call him Matt, right? Um, it's just an abbreviation of his name. So so Matt came to a sleepover of mine, um, and it was at my birthday, um, and so did a bunch of other people. But Matt and me were insomniacs, so we always used to just stay up and watch films, and we used to watch a lot of Charlie Chaplin films together, actually. And one time I was drinking a lot of water, and I actually fell asleep with water in my mouth. Uh, now I started having a dream. Uh, right next to him, and talking in my sleep, so I was gurgling next to him, watching Charlie Chaplin in black and white, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, in my sleep, I go, Um, and water spews everywhere, onto him and everyone, and whenever I say firstly now, in an argument, and this has been for, you know, seven years now, um, people will shout at me, Firstly, whenever I go, um, actually, firstly, uh, so I just don't know. It was a nice little nod to them. It's not like the most interesting of stories, but it it was just a little funny gag, and I guess it was just comedy out of context to be found in it for the simple sake of saying that doesn't make any sense. Maybe people will keep watching.
2: (laughs) I mean, that makes a lot of sense on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how, but for some reason. The TikTok algorithm is just the most volatile thing ever. Mm. So I haven't made much content on there. I'm going to just be honest. But like somehow my most watched video is just a bowl of cereal. <laughs> like, there's other videos that I've spent time like thinking about and like making a thing. And they did alright, right. But then I posted this bowl of cereal and it got a thousand views. And I'm just like, why has this happened? Mm. I don't understand the algorithm fully but i understand that's a bit dodgy no there's a lot of weird news coming out around it no
1: it's it's definitely dodgy but the thing about the algorithm is people forget because of the fact that tiktok i think it's the fastest platform to ever um amass uh, a billion concurrent users or something uh you know it's on billboards now it's everywhere it's considered a staple of mainstream entertainment in the 21st century but one of the things we don't consider um as much as we should do is that tiktok's incredibly new And I mean, it's not even been around for two and a half years. Uh, We're talking about a platform that has amassed the popularity of YouTube, Vine, Twitch, um, Snapchat combined. uh, And it's not even got necessarily the workforce uh, behind it to back up it being that popular. But it just has been because it it stumbled across a format. Now, the problem is the technology behind TikTok isn't that advanced. It's not got the say because it's something someone could make a billion dollars right now. But will they be as rich as Bill Gates? No. So what TikTok has done is they have amassed finances within a specific amount of time that can't compare to Google, that can't compare uh, to Twitter Inc and things like that. And what you end up with is an algorithm that doesn't quite know how to handle trends and topics which are discussed, you know, as frequently as they are. So, Charlie D'Amelio, for example, being a great example of that, that's kind of the one thing and the one example of something that the TikTok alg- algorithm has an understanding of, uh, dance videos primarily, and it almost seems like the algorithm is based purely on movement and uh, purely on imagery as opposed to uh, what people are commenting and what people are saying, because you could suddenly get 20-30,000 likes and then no one's liking it the next second. Uh, I don't really know about shadow banning, I don't know if that's um, uh, real or not, I haven't really looked into it, um, but uh, I- I- I've typically seen that the algorithm is not as advanced as say things related to YouTube and so on and so forth.
2: Yeah. And it's just, it's very new. And for some reason, it feels like it's easier to get more attention. Like, Mm. because I know Red One tells, Red One has uh, nowhere near anything compared to you, but like, he'll get like 20 likes on a video somehow. And he'll just like call me for some reason. Like, man, go look at this video. I was like, I've already seen it. And how did you like feel when you first, like say you uploaded episode one and it got the reaction that it got? Mm. How did that feel? Was it
1: I, weird? Was it? I'll be honest, because and I say this as a humble person, um, my heart started beating because I went, "Oh, look at that! Look at people! They're looking at me! I'm so lovely!" Uh, no, I, I, I was so happy. Because um, here's the thing: it, when people upload on YouTube and they go viral, or they upload on Twitter and go viral, uh, there's there's this idea of profit. I've often found, and I've got to say that uh, I feel everyone's had that point in time where you know, they were seven or eight years old and they start uploading, uh, Minecraft videos being like, I want to be the next millionaire (laughs) or something. And, 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 you know, I did that as well. Um, so there was always a sense of what you can gain, but from TikTok, yeah, there's opportunities you can gain, you know, look at the, the hype house, look at, look at, look at all those people and look at the people who are literally making millions from the, Uh, from the app, but that's all based on sponsorship. So because of me, for someone who had a very clear objective with wanting to entertain people who feel lonely and insecure during these troubling times, I I had no agenda with making it um, other than pure entertainment. Uh, I just want to say so that in the future, if I do gain even more traction than I already am, uh, I don't want to say I'm going to say no to if I got offered money. I mean, money's money, you know, it makes the world go around, unfortunately. But, but like, it's
2: not your primary objective. No, it's not my primary what objective.
1: What I've seen is that TikTok and that community, there are thousands of people who needed what I wanted to present to people. I offered myself and I offered my, I don't want to call it service, but I offered my entertainment and what I uh, wanted to give people. And I. And what was interesting was it was myself um i've typically not had the greatest relationship with people my own age outside of uh, outside of schools and things but uh what was and i, I generally aren't I, i'm not really considered a funny person but suddenly here were all these thousands of people going you know what someone like you whether you're annoying or not with your optimism is what we need right now and that's really what we do need we do need a sense of levity and um, i think that comes with things like the queen's speech that speech was brilliant not only because it was the fourth um speech that she's ever aired or, or um, broadcast uh, nationally, but because it's it was thankful, it was gracious, and it simply said to the larger community, um, I hear you and you hear me. And that's the same sort of uh, mindset I have when I make those videos. It's that I know what the levity is, I know what the s- severity of the situation is, um, but there's one thing that we all need to do, objectively, if we're not doctors or politicians, and we just need to stay at home. How do you do that? Here's a video explaining it, and I've quite literally now got uh, you know, you know, kids and, and teenagers ranging from like seven, 12 um, uh, to guys in their 20s and 30s just uh, taking the audios, whether it's the little songs I make about the coronavirus or the or the actual um, episodes themselves, and they recreate them. And guess what? They're running around the house. They're, they're drawing. They're, I'm giving people an opportunity to express fun in a really unfun time. <laughs> so I think that was my reaction. And I went, people like it. I That was my objective. It's complicated, but it's got a point and people are, are rolling with it. So I'm happy.
0: I'm looking at all of your videos and I've seen that episode four has amassed 163k um, hmm. with 45.1k likes hmm. and 356 comments. Hmm. That video being your most popular video, did you expect it to do it? Um, I did think... you expect it to do that well?
1: Uh, I think so only because I released uh, two episodes before that and those were getting like 10, 20K likes. And uh, I-, I knew that if I kept on uploading at a particular pace, one of them would eventually become bigger than the other. Um, I- I- I'll-, I'll be perfectly honest, not because I'm saying this in like a uncaring way. Uh, I-, I just don't really uh, th- think about the likes very much. I, I-, I it's nice to-, to know. Like I always mention it in my, at the end of my videos, I, I show um, care and support for my followers by putting um, the most recent ones right at the end and just scrolling through them and going thank you thank you thank you go follow all these people um but uh, that's more out of courtesy and care for the people as for the likes uh i when i see that number i go that's my opportunity to extend my platform um, rather than saying hey this is my opportunity to um uh, absorb more people into my borg you know what i mean um so so yeah I'd, i'd say that's that's just it
2: Okay, I think we've talked about TikTok a lot in the last, like, 15 minutes. Do you want to actually talk about the whole lockdown situation? Because that's the whole reason you've started making these videos. And as great as it is that you're trying to, like, make people feel better about being stuck at home and things they could do, like, for example, using your sounds and recreating the activity uh, activities and such. But... Mm. The government's response? What was because I you mentioned something about that when we were trying to sort out a time when we could record this. Mm.
1: What's your opinion on that? Okay, so in terms of the government's re- response, just to kind of narrow it down a bit, are you are you referring to how Boris Johnson has overall handled the situation? Yes. Yeah. The... S- so I um, whenever I speak politically, I always try to you know not not head towards either left or right. I I, I like to just speak objectively and and devoid of bias. So um, without saying what I support, here's just what I'll say. Um, in terms of how Boris Johnson's presented himself as a politician, whether people like him or dislike him, um, he knows how to get what he wants to do done. Do you know what I mean? And and he's shown in the past that he has the charisma to support that. Now, simultaneously, I think during this uh, during this situation, for the first few days when it did get announced as a pandemic uh, uh, nationally within the UK, I think the first few days he actually handled it really well. And I think he was... Uh, giving the correct uh, advice. I think it was from a genuinely caring place. Um, But here's where he went wrong. Because, and this is all actually related all the way back to Brexit. (laughs) Not that I want to bring that all back, but when we left the European Union, um, one of the main fears was the fact that we would have more democratic freedom, but less economic opportunity, right? And so that's exactly what's happened. Not to our fault, but the fact that somebody ate a pathogen. (laughs) Um, So what we've ended up with is a situation where we're fresh out of the water, essentially, as a community, culture and country. And Boris Johnson is the very first Prime Minister to lead the country outside of that, right? So if I was in his head, and I don't know what he's thinking, but if I was in his head, I'd be thinking, I want to retain infrastructure. I don't want to be the person to be known in the history books as not only the person who led us out of uh, an economically safe place, but someone who was there when the economy went you know as downhill as say black friday for the us uh, and also couldn't handle thousands of people getting ill so he clearly didn't want to close down infrastructure for two reasons number one we have a very limited nhs and because of that if you allow the younger community so 80 percent of the population become ill there's less of a chance of death more of of a chance of infection and a higher chance of building up antibodies and an immunity whilst also catering to the medically compromised and uh, and uh, and just the elderly in general, and simultaneously it's also a matter of pride. If you don't shut down schools and businesses, uh, you don't shut down essentially what is required to keep your economy running at a stable situation, because no one wants to close down infrastructure, otherwise society crumbles a little bit. But then what happened was that whilst he was good for the first uh, two or three days and he was presenting really good advice and guidelines and restrictions, he submitted to the city and to the country on the basis that he didn't want to close down infrastructure. So what that meant was his decisions and his lack of ability to just enforce us to stay in our houses led to thousands of people becoming ill. So now we're in a situation where he essentially digressed from being um, a very fantastic leader during this situation in particular, and then completely went downhill with it. I think, uh, I think, we have been put in a position where where it could have been changed very drastically just based on whether or not the government, emphasis on the word government, as in they govern all, could just put their little red hat on and go, you know what, go in your houses or you'll be arrested. But instead, they had to rely on us, a community that is known in Western culture, for not wanting to follow law. So that's what I think about it.
0: So you feel like we haven't enforced the laws enough?
1: No, we've enforced the laws now, very clearly, and you know, we're doing one one form of exercise a day and... Uh, we're staying in our houses and we're working from home unless uh, completely necessary to go out. But all of this stuff should have been enforced earlier. I know we're in a democratic society where we shouldn't have to. No, I
0: agree. Yeah, I agree. we, shouldn't, I we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't have to
1: switch, obviously, to uh, a police state or anything. We shouldn't have to put people uh, in a house. But here's the matter. Here's the you know fact of the matter. We do have to right now, just for the sake of not letting people die. It, it, it's death will stay in your house and sit on your couch and do work. There's there's two options, one of them can help you, the other doesn't, and I don't think anyone wants to die, so sit down, do the work, and that could have just been enforced and prevented thousands of deaths deaths at an earlier rate, I, but now we're about to surpass Italy, so.
0: Yeah, I agree, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of Bojo and uh, Boris Johnson and um, Piers Morgan, right, but Piers Morgan Pointer um, he spoke about the situation, and I agreed to, uh, agree with him with us uh, to an extent. Um, so I Obviously, the government's done what they've done, yeah. but I feel like people nowadays don't know how to do what they're told. Yeah, like we're we're told that we're only allowed to go out for shopping and we, for bare necessities and one daily exercise, but I feel like there are people out there that do not give a shit about that. So I feel like that's one of the reasons why mm. the coronavirus is still spreading in the UK and we're going to surpass mm. Italy. Well,
1: that's it's it's interesting you mentioned that because. Um, I, I like that you mentioned the fact that we see ourselves as not having to listen or obey. And that kind of goes back to, um, if you don't mind me going a little bit of a side tangent, um, we yeah, as a species, as the human race, we have this understanding that we are immortal. Uh, and that comes from even the idea of like conquest, war, even plagues before when we tried to contain it. We were in a situation where we were so in our own heads, whether you relate that to Germany, Russia, British Empire, Americas, whatever, where we thought we could do whatever and we've been in many situations like pandemic like this pandemic we've had uh, you know the black plague we've had spanish flu but i doubt anyone could look at those situations and go those weren't things that you know more you know made us mortal but this is the first time where the entire world in, in in collectiveness or in collectivity pardon it has been reminded they are not immortal we are very capable of being wiped out by something very suddenly and it all came from a lack of communication, because guess what? Humans do put themselves on a god-tier pedestal, even the people who aren't considered egotistical. And this is going to be a great reminder for the future, if we do manage to make a new like health association across that that, that acts globally. Um, we're going to have to communicate a lot more, because this is a great reminder, isn't it better just to be friends? I know not everyone can agree, but it is better to communicate and let bygones be bygones, rather than distance yourselves just because of your cultural beliefs. This has shown that whether you're religious, agnostic, racist, or anything along those, ni- uh, along those lines, your opinions ultimately during these crises do not matter. You just need to not die and not
0: infect others. <laughs> and it's just this, it's just the fact that all we're doing is telling you to stay at home and watch TV. It's like, we can't even do that, right? Like <laughs> it's At
2: the same time, I feel like the communication point's important because like, China... So, we know the outbreak happened in November in 2019. Hence, it's COVID-19 and not yeah. 20, even though most of it's spreading oh, shit. this mm. year.
0: I did not realise so why it's Chi- COVID-19. China
2: actually withheld a lot of information in November and December. Like, they shut down research centres and they, just, they essentially just tried to cover everything up and not let anyone else see what was going on in, like... So, it started in Wuhan, but then... Like, from Wuhan, there was this, like, large group of people that went to Beijing, and from Beijing, it kind of went everywhere. And their response wasn't to say, let's do some more research, we're going to try to fix this. They decided to cover it up, and now it's coming out in the news that people people think that China should reimburse other countries for what they've done, and how they've handled the whole situation, because... China is politically very different to most democratic mm. countries, especially the UK. They, mm. Yeah, but they try to cover up a lot more stuff, and they somehow linked it back to the SARS virus again. But do you think there's any future where we see China actually like agreeing to communicate better?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think I think this has to apply to. To all of these kind of you know national crises across the years, you know whether you, you know going as far back as say World War Two, um, or World War One, pardon, you know uh, Germany agreed to very specific terms on the basis of the crisis they caused. Now I'm not saying China caused anything, by the way. I'm just uh, saying as this is an example. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah
2: just, just, just as yeah.
1: communication. Yeah, and thing. obviously there was a very specific guideline which was limit this, do this, do that. I don't think the situation here is is purely related to China though. I, I think this is purely out of you know, global extremities as a whole. Um, the country has never been more divided in probably hundreds of years. You've had the election of Donald Trump, which was incredibly divisive, divis- divided the entire country. You've had Brexit, which not only divided um, the entirety of Europe and the UK, but also it almost kind of um, cut the UK into eighths on the basis of no one knew who to side with. Um, And ultimately, tourism is at a bit of a loss, because no one exactly knows who to trust, right? So the whole world does not know who they can look at and trust, because quite frankly, not for any right or wrong reason without pointing the blame at any particular person, but no one can blame one person for everything that's gone wrong. It's a collective mindset of not being direct and frank with the public. And beyond that... Um, people not being direct and frank with each other out of not wanting to communicate, based on personal bias. So I don't think this should be related specifically to China as much as it should be um, related to the fact that concepts like the United United Nations should work in practice. Um, They haven't before, but they should work in practice, and with this recent pandemic, uh, I'll reiterate what I said a a couple minutes ago, there is no better time than now to collaborate, cooperate, and be friendly, and when I say friendly, I mean that very vaguely, because of course there will never be such thing as a world or universe that is that, that act as friends. But this is clearly shown. If we really, really need to, we will. You know what I mean? So we, we, so we really do need to. So if if it's possible, then it's possible. That's the only thing that needs to be seen, and we've proven it is now, uh, because doctors and politicians are working all across the world with one another. They're actually. Collaborating, and that's and and there's a difference between collaboration and collaboration. We seem to collab our enemies rather than collaborate and negotiate. So, I think all that needs to be established after this is beyond a better sense of communication, just a new health union that, beyond China uh, investing in. The, the entirety of the of the of the planet should probably invest in to some extent, and that way we can um n- not something like a like an e u with like a parliament to control it, but just an organization which we can lend funding to one another on the basis of preventing these outbreaks because communication's key in in
2: the weirdest like most morbid way i think this pandemic especially has just shown that human behavior is just it depends on what it needs so Like, us as a species, we wouldn't Mm. do things unless we can, like, see a direct benefit, as in we wouldn't have gone and done these lockdown measures unless we saw that it benefited us and we wouldn't have subsequently worked with other countries to, like, stop Mm. the spread if it didn't seem to help all of us. So there's just... I feel like it's just shown that as a species, as long as we help each other... Things will improve, but it, it took something this bad for us to, like, get there hmm. eventually.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think, uh, not not to, you know, quote Age of Ultron here, but, um, you know, th- you know there were millions of extinction-level events even before the dinosaurs had there. So, um, what this simply proves is we are a species which luckily does have the opportunity to consider and contemplate things that other animals that dominated the planet before us couldn't. So we have that ability to collaborate and to actually consider things that are beyond the consciousness and levels of thinking of our animals and, and prime animals on this on this planet so we do need to take that benefit and that very prideful thing into our hands and go what do we do with this because the future is in our hands and it does depend on what we do with it that will dictate the future and right now the future isn't so clear So because of that, we need to communicate and make sure the whole world isn't alone, not that we end up with some weird border between every single state, you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Now that we've got pretty much all the serious topics we had planned for today's episode, we ask every guest we have on the podcast this, and you're allowed to think about it for a while if you don't have an answer straight away, Say that you didn't know tomorrow's happening, and you knew that today or tomorrow or whatever was one of your last days. What would you choose to have as your last meal? Oh,
1: we're talking about like desert island meals. Okay, this is good. This is good. Um, okay.
2: Like, so it doesn't have to have a structure. You have like a starter, dessert. It's oh, so I could have like you. a
1: starter, a dessert. A, I could, I could. A...
2: Yeah, you could have like a starter from like Burger King, and oh. like a main. You could have literally oh, yes. anything. You could have like oh. Like a thing your aunt made you like seven years ago, can okay. you just remember I'm, it?
0: Like, but I, I don't, want, I don't want you to say a specific. or well, you can say KFC something, but I don't want you just to say KFC. I want you to name. Yeah, it can't just be like a specific oh, yeah, Don't worry, don't worry. I can. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, now I'm hungry. Okay. Um. So for a starter, I would have uh, th- this Russian soup called bolsh. Um, I don't really talk to my father much anymore, yep. but he used to make it for me when I was when I was younger. Um. And I just remember it. It smelled like a. You know, it, 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 whenever you smelt it or felt it, it, you just sort of saw red. Do you know what I mean? Like you felt, you felt cozy. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, I think then I'd also for a drink, I'd I'd have a um probably chocolate milk. I think that's just cozy. I love it. Um, I'd have and also maybe maybe a glass of champagne next to it as well because that's lovely. Um, be like, all right, I'm going out. I'm gonna gulp this. <laughs> um, then I'd have um okay for the, my main course. I would have two main courses because I'm greedy. Um, I would have steak and chips because I love that. Um, and I, th- I think I would okay, also sorry. have probably uh, paella, paella. And then for dessert, I would have tiramisu yeah. and banoffee pie because I love those dishes with all my heart um yes and uh, and a packet of of haribos and i think that's probably how i would uh, how i would go off very happy and i'd be like yeah put that in my stomach give me diabetes i am willing to live and die if i have this meal i am happy
0: is paella yeah, it's, sure. it's like spanish yeah, it's spanish, spanish, spanish like, rice.
1: rice that's like got a ton of oil spices uh fish shrimp
2: and if you do it right it it has this like socarrat thing mm. at the bottom I don't know how to say it. That was probably the worst <laughs> pronunciation. I'm going to have a... Sp- we have one listener... Not one. I don't know how much 3% is. 3% of 400-something. We have a small amount of listeners in Malta that are going to react to that. I think Everyone, maybe, if I you, know. you guys in Malta, but, if you
1: heard him mispronounced that that aspect of the pile of dish, um, slander him, destroy him, burn him, end him.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so t- hopefully they can let us know somehow. <laughs> But yeah, it's basically just a rice dish. So now that's pretty much everything we had planned. Uh, do you want to plug
1: yourself? Yeah, on of course. I love self-promoting this? myself because I've, I've got a massive ego and a brain. Haha. <laughs> no. OK. Hello, everyone. So, yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, feel free. It's just Alfie Friedman, but that should be spelled Alfie, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. And the same with TikTok, just Alfie Friedman. I share the same username and uh, I'm always willing to communicate there.
2: Alright, I think that's pretty much it. Red One, wrap it up.
0: Well, thank you guys for listening. This was episode 16 of Mad Ones. I'm Red One. And I'm
2: Alfie! Red One. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>